0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Blue Sky Podcast, two pints of and a spreadsheet. I'm Dave Gibson, I'm here with my co-founder and CEO, John Dudgeon. Today we welcome Rupert Bull, the CEO of the Disruption House, providers of ESG insights and actions for businesses large and small.
1: On this week's episode, we will talk about the four P's of ESG, environmental, social and
0: governance. Why ESG has been around for many years and is repackaged and repurposed for the current day.
1: Why considering what actions you can take is important for your supply chain and your potential profit?
0: Thank you very much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, to uh, see you and speak to you uh, on the show. If you'd like to introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit more about the marvellously titled The Disruption House as well.
2: Thanks Dave and uh, hello John. I'm Rupert Bull. I'm the CEO and uh, founder of The Disruption House. Um, as you say we have a, a, an interesting and unusual name and I think really um, there's a long story and a short story behind it but I think what we really thought was that um, if you it, it sort of, in times of um, uh, struggle, strife, change, actually the house, the home is a place that people feel comfortable and we wanted to be a place that actually we could bring people in and be inclusive and, and help them deal with actually what is disruption, if you like. And and disruption is um, manifesting itself in many different ways. You have technology and, and actually increasingly sustainability has become uh, very disruptive to modern businesses in the sense that I think um, Although um, actually, sustainability is a well-established trend. I, I think you know, um, if you look back to the nineteenth century, uh, some of the, the great British businesses of Roundtree and Cadbury were founded on principles that we might recognise as sustainability today. But it then sort of disappeared for a bit and it's now reappeared as something that's very important to um, many businesses and and, and therefore is perceived to be disruptive because it's challenging to how people have always looked at business in recent years. And therefore, we thought we could be a place where we could help people navigate disruption. So that that's the origin of, of, of the company name. And uh, it's great to be with you this afternoon.
0: Um, so what does the disruption house actually do? And how do you actually help other businesses
2: and, and what got you interested in, in that side of things? So um we measure uh, two capabilities within private businesses. Um the one that we're probably gonna talk most about today is actually sustainability or ESG, depending on how you count uh look at it. Um what we what we've in sustainability started from is 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 the premise that, that actually Something like 70% of the world's emissions come from SMEs. But SMEs are, you know, actually, they can be quite big businesses. They could have, you know, 500 million pounds worth of turnover. But most SMEs are probably less than 5 million turnover. And they don't have huge financial resources or, um, as in sort of bank balance or even just teams that can address um, uh, the framework of sustainability. Because actually, large corporations can. Um I, I always use the analogy that sustainability um, until a few years ago was a minority interest sport. It was a bit like curling at the Winter Olympics, okay? So everyone got very excited about it, um, you, know, periodically when you know Britain's doing well at it. But generally speaking, if the whole world suddenly wanted to start curling, there just aren't enough Olympic coaches in the world to produce you know world class curling teams everywhere. And that means that the coaches are really expensive. And so actually, the the real challenge is that most of the world needs help, and most of the world can't afford the help that is there because there's just actually a scarcity resource. So we thought, why don't we invert the model, which is actually people first, and actually go technology and platform first. So we, we we've recruited some of the best brains in sustainability and had them build a model that looks at the three main global frameworks, which is the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the uh, global reporting initiative and SASB which is I think why we're talking to you guys as accountants is a, is, you know, um, a, 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 a sustainability accounting standards board um, to actually help people understand by taking a self-assessment against it where they are on the journey because I think if you wish to become better you need to know where you are and so what we've done is we've created a, a very quick and easy way to help people discover where they are um, both in an absolute sense of you know things they're doing well and things they're doing badly and in a relative sense which is nobody wants to be fourth caught on um so everybody who is there suddenly wants to get better so actually if you if you deal with human nature and help people know where they are you can help actually nudge people into change in a good way so that's really you know what, what we're doing in the business
1: i think um one of the interesting things i found when we were going through the questionnaire and it was it was great for for blue sky i think was it confirmed that we were sort of a little bit further ahead of the game than we thought we were, which was a real big sort of pat on the back for us. Um, But there was, you know, there's some obvious areas where it can also improve and get better. What are some of the challenges you're sort of seeing for, you know, the smaller businesses out there in terms of, you
2: know, um, embracing the new environment that we're seeing? So, I mean, I mean, Obviously, every company is different. Every company has has started where it started from. So, I think it depends, to some extent, what has been the history of the business when we engage with them. I, I think one of the general challenges that smaller businesses have is around emissions calculation and 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 actually yeah. measuring and monitoring, um, yeah, you know, the the carbon intensity. And now, we all live on the planet, and everybody in every business we've worked with cares about living on the planet. But part of the challenge for smaller businesses is unless they are an energy intensive business, and you guys are not an energy intensive business because you're a professional services firm, is actually E is not the most important thing to your business survival. Actually, it's the way you deal with your people, the way you govern, the way you look after data privacy, IT security, engage your community, that determines whether you will survive or not. And actually, you know, owner-managed businesses, which are most of the world, they prioritize survival first, because if they don't survive, they won't have an impact on the environment. And therefore they kind of go, well, if I'm not here in 2050, my emissions don't count. So part of the challenge is actually how do you get people to focus on something which is perhaps not the most important thing in their business, but is important for the planet, right? Because sustainability is really about four things. It's about people, planet, purpose and profit, right? So, so the planet is an important part of it, but actually, we need to encourage people to think holistically and if you only nag people about e when it's not the most important thing they don't get on with it so i think one of the things we found is by putting the environmental aspect of a business alongside the social and governance people actually think about it holistically and therefore yeah they want to improve right so i think it's just one of those things that i think it, it's really getting people to think about what can i do and everybody can do something right so i think our our, our mission is not to make the world brilliant is to make everybody a bit better because we make everybody a bit better we rise you know we raise the the, the level and we make a huge difference right because i think it's just it, it it's very often small things at scale make a huge difference and i think that's the, the bit that we found is it's that realization that people have been ignoring something has been a bit difficult but they can do something and then they feel very excited they can do something and they can show people they're doing something and when you start to do something, it gets easier to do the next thing. It's, it's right. It's like the the first step of a thousand mile march is the hardest one. Right. I
1: think um, you know, sort of personally as well. I look at myself and Dave, and our office is a mile and a half down the road. Probably not even that. Go back ten you're, years, you're, we
0: both you're two hundred yards closer than I am.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go, go back ten years, we both rocked up in our sort of diesel-emitting uh, vehicles every morning, and ten years later we walk in and uh, you know and we talk about that walk and kind of the health benefits it brings and you know you you get into the office feeling you know might have listened to a podcast or your mindset's different but actually you know underneath all of that we're doing some good for the planet because the 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 cars still in the drive, if you like yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and that's that's one thing we're trying to do is just encourage that within within our within our team is to just do those the, those smaller smaller one percent
2: yeah and I, and I think those are actually it's realizing you, that they they matter right I think a lot of people just think little one percent do yeah you know, whatever right and I think actually if you see that those one percent make a difference and that difference is reflected, in your next score and things like that. People go, oh, I've made a difference. I I think it's just, you know, it's again, working with human nature, right? I think, you know, Dave and I were chatting a a while ago about I, I studied classics at university. And so, you know, a lot of it was looking at human behavior two, two and a half thousand years ago. And actually what I come to realize is human nature hasn't changed in two and a half thousand years, right? You can change human behavior by nudging, right? So I think what we have to do is work with human nature which is actually you know how people behave, but nudge it to things that match and is that one percent. If everybody moves a bit one percent and recognizes and feels good for it, they'll do more, right? So it's kind of how do I keep getting better? because I think that's the you know that that's a really important bit. And I think we see a lot of that's about education. So actually, yeah, and the large in yeah large part of what we do is raise awareness and help people understand what is sustainability because everybody's doing something. Like you said, John, actually, you're already doing lots of things and some things you were actually beating yourself up, which is mm, could do more. But actually, if you know that you're already doing a lot and actually that's quite good in comparison to others, you feel, oh, OK, that, that that's recognition for what you're doing. And I think recognition is really important. Yeah,
1: it's, it's those actions. And I, I mean, I, I think about litter, right? It used to really annoy me. Now I just pick it up and put it in the bin. And it's kind of like, I feel yeah. better about that. And I've done something, you know, worthwhile for, for you know, the street me and Dave live on. And it's, it's, yeah. it's those small things that actually make you feel good as a human being, but are actually contributing to the whole
2: uh, ESG agenda as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, actually coming back, Um, I'm in London today and I was just coming back from a meeting. I was coming up the escalator of the underground and a bit of newspaper was blowing down at me. And I just actually picked it up, scrumped it in a ball, took it out and put it in a bit. Right. And you just kind of these things start to become instinctive to you. And in the old days, you would have left it to someone else to pick it up. But now actually you think it's, you know, I'm, I'm just doing my little bit. Right. I'm making the world I live in a better place. I think that's important.
0: I have to every morning I have to get up early and put some litter outside John's house. So he, he feels really, really good when he <laughs> when he leaves the house in the morning. You're um, such a
2: considerate chairman, Dave. You really are, aren't
0: you? Yeah, I, I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm only thinking of him. Um yeah, what what it's great that you've introduced um, a kind of a really high level um and free measurement um as a as a bit of a taster for, for some businesses because you know back in the olden days it was uh, as you say, it was quite quite a heavy burden. Uh, for SMEs to to get anywhere um, near that, and and as an accountants practice, of course, it's it's measure what you treasure, and it's brilliant for us to kind of understand where we're at. Um, you know, we appreciate we we actually have a quite a light carbon footprint as a business. Um, so our job is um, there to uh, first of all um, follow our commitment to be at net zero by twenty twenty five. Uh, which is one, once we finish our final few steps, then there'll be a little bit of offset in there. But then certainly, of course, to spread the word uh, amongst our client base and, and, and other networks. So how how can we get involved in doing that?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think the um, education is a large part of awareness. I, I think, you know, the if, if, if I, I always get asked, why does anyone take your sustainability assessment? And, and the answer is always because they want to. Right? Now, why they want to is a different matter. You can't force anybody to be sustainable but actually if you think about why do people want to be sustainable they're actually drivers that are in the world so it's actually sometimes it's the supply chain you know you are actually um, I saw some analysis this week that 70% of UK SMEs are in someone's supply chain so actually in in reality um, we're all selling to somebody else you know I mean we're now in your supply chain because you're a client of ours and and so the, the, the reality is that um, thinking about what you do and actually you know if you can influence other people in your supply chain you're starting to make the world better so I, I think to, to some extent one of the things that you know we hope you'll do more of is talk to the people in your ecosystem about being sustainable and in fact I'm sure you do anyway But but I mean the point is it's a generally good thing so what we're trying to do is to give you tools to talk to people in the language that matters to them so actually why should I worry about these things? Well, because, you know, it's increasingly important for market access. It's very important for talent access. You know, I, I met a um, a young graduate from Durham University at an event last September, not too far down the road from you guys. And she um, was looking for her first job. And she said actually a half the time she spent looking for the job was trying to work out the sustainability, of who was going to offer a job she wanted to go and work for a business with purpose you know and, and because she's going to spend a lot of her time there so i think you know the 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 coming generation if you like think about business differently the 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 purpose you know is important to them and actually be able to demonstrate purpose is 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 key to them that you're actually delivering value so like you pick up litter and all those other things that matters to people because it shows courtesy and i think they think that how you um, show courtesy around your environment is how you'll treat them. So it's it's, it's a form of trust acceleration. So I think you know the, these are not overnight. You know, suddenly people change. But I do think it's important to be communicating and, and sharing with people about why it's important to you. You know why you do these things. You know actually the narrative about how it makes you feel better about the community you live in. Like you, you're looking after the community more. You think differently about it. And I think those things actually people find authentic they're honest and and they go oh that's how I feel too and so I think a a lot of it is really um, probably not over communicating but communicating more than you would have done historically because you kind of think you know you're good people will know that but actually sometimes you just need to tell people the things you're doing and then they go oh I'd like to be like that as well so I think it's that sort of continual encouragement nudge with an explanation of why it's important so you know it's yeah i I think we see those three things supply chain you want to sell to people and they you want to reduce friction do so you want to get the best people work for your business and sometimes actually it's just about your positioning i think you know people look at you differently if you're demonstrating a commitment to the the four p's as we see it, And, and i think that gives you a chance of winning more business too yeah
0: i think um Uh, You're dead right there. I think Uh, to get on other people's supply chains more and more, you're going to have to be showing some evidence of taking this seriously because you will be asked uh, about it. It's it's always by people who potentially are going to give you money.
1: Um, I I think Rupert as well, I remember the first time we met and when you were talking about the governance framework and the regulation that was coming through the, uh, you know, from a larger business right down to the SME, I was kind of like, wow, you know, this is, there's a lot happening, isn't there? Yeah. And and I think
2: there's, I mean, there's a lot happening um, generally. So, so I think, you know, the, we, we did some analysis over um, last summer um, and we think about 20% of UK SMEs are going to be caught by EU supply chain regulation. So, um, and, and that's because, Actually, we as UK PLC are selling into Europe. And actually, um, you know, generally, if you're exporting, you, you're exporting to big businesses. And those big businesses are coming under increasing regulation that requires them to look into what's in their supply chain. Um, and so, you know, the analysis we did was about um, half the SMEs are affected because they're selling directly. But the ones that actually probably don't think about it much, is they're selling indirectly. So, you know, you, you, you're in the Northeast, you might have a client down the road who is a specialist tools manufacturer delivering something to a large um, company in Portsmouth. And that company in Portsmouth might be selling to Airbus, right? So, actually, you're in Airbus's supply chain, Airbus' supply chain, without even thinking about it. So, suddenly, all these things are coming through. So, there's a lot of um, demand for knowledge and information on what you're doing that's sort of cascading down the line, if you like, which is actually going to cause um, surprise, perhaps, when it comes to the first time, and and actually could take quite a lot of time and effort. Because I think, you know, you guys have been looking at improving your sustainability for quite some time, and, and it, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about your journey of the things you've had to do to think differently, but, it but yeah, you know, this earlier you start, in our experience, the better, because actually trying to catch up suddenly puts a lot of stress into an organisation that probably could do without the stress.
0: Yeah, we've um, we've actually been um, involved in a few workshops and presentations um, around this because we don't just talk about accounts and tax, um, of course. And um, I remember at one. Um, conference, um, basically our advice was uh, if you're not sure what you're doing, you know, everybody in the audience is sensible that you, you can think of something and doing something is better than nothing even if you can't not in a position to measure it. At the time uh, and the examples we gave, uh, then we we're, fact, we're, you know, we'd, we'd bin plastic cups from the the water machine now, so you, 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 get, you get your water in a mug or in a glass um, now um, and it's just little things like that that kind of get you on um, the road there. Uh, But then secondly, I was involved in a presentation to Newcastle Newcastle University Business School, Um, and uh, I was there with some pretty serious heavy hitters uh, from a net zero perspective. And I thought, well, you know, what's little old me doing there? And and I thought, well, I'm I'm not an expert in what they're an expert in, but I am an expert in what what a small business, what a small business can take um, to reduce the carbon footprint and, and move on. Um and we'd had some recommendations about what we could do and yes, we can look at our travel costs and 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 mechanisms and, and um the, the the use of stationary and, and, and other um assets and, and then the one thing one of the recommendations came through which is you know look for reconditioned or second-hand laptops. And 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 my thought my said thought there was um, actually, we can't do that because then, looking at the people side of things, and looking to attract and retain top quality candidates, you know, you can't give them a refurbished laptop. And and for me, for for a, a laptop to be sustainable, it's up to the the manufacturers and clever people there to to reduce the the carbon footprint of the technology. There, you know, we, there's only so much you can do, kind of thing. So you know, you can you can do you can do lots, but you can't do everything. Yeah, yeah, I think.
2: I mean, we we have um, one client who, who's who's a um, global international business, and and um, as part of that, they have a data center in a part of America, and I hadn't realized actually till we started working with them that there is no national grid in America. You are on a local or regional grid, and the grid they're on is coal-fired electricity, and so they were kind of going, "What do we do about this data center to to get our emissions down?" And I said, "Well." You know, you have two choices. One is you shut the data center down. The other is you address, you know, the carbon intensity elsewhere across your footprint. And they said, well, we don't want to shut the data center down because we it's in a poor area of America. We are the only employer of note in that area. And if we shut it down we put a lot of people out of work and we'll never get a job again so i said well actually that's the answer isn't it the answer is your people are important you have to look to address it elsewhere now you can clearly talk to the energy company and encourage them over time to move from coal fired to something else but there is a trade-off it's it's not a you know it's not a it's not always possible to win on everything sustainability is a balance right you've got to get into perspective that actually people live on the planet and people need a worthwhile thing to do and you need to protect your people as well as look towards doing. so they went okay and, and and the answer is yeah it's not like it's a magic wand it, it's not like these sort of um you know if you only looked at it from a net zero perspective you'd have put a whole bunch of people out of work and then you probably would have undone the consensus towards moving towards you know improving the planet so i think it, it, it's uh it, it it is complicated, but if everybody's doing something, we are improving and reducing emissions. And that's back to your four Ps again. So,
0: like I say it's not just about net zero, it's about the the whole the whole gamma and and yeah, ESG, the, the acronym uh, has got three words in it, and environmental is just one of them. Uh, so the social um, aspect um is, is very, very um important within there. Um what actions or activities do you see people taking on the social or governance side?
2: Yeah, I, I think the, um, the, the social side is uh, I, 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 internal and external. So, so I think internal, it's about um, working with your people and actually thinking about what, you know, what engages them. So, you know, training, leadership, um, I, I think you know there's a sense of um, um, you know how how you expect them to turn up to work, be present. I mean, there's all sorts of things which is actually about your investment in them and their work life balance. I think you know we we you know, profit is one of the four P's, so it's not like we're you know we're, we're charities, but I do think that actually it, it's about communication around those things. I think on the governance piece. Um, there's many different areas of governance, and not all are addressable. So, if you are an owner managed business, you may not have a board. So, board independence is something you can do nothing about uh, because you are the board and that's it, right? So, I think some things are, but actually, if you're a bigger business, it is very important because actually that's where the advice comes from. And that's what's people going into groupthink and down a, you know, a, uh, uh, um, uh, I suppose, a, a rabbit hole of their own making. I mean, we one of our, one of our clients is a um, Turkish Cypriot bank. And um, they were asking about the diversity. And they said, we've got a couple of English guys who work for us in Cyprus. Is that diverse? I said, well, if you're Cypriot, yes, it is, right? Because it's a different perspective, a different mindset. So I, I think some of it's actually not narrow box ticking. It's thinking actually about we, we need to get a, um, a mix of opinions into that place. So actually, board diversity is about the advice and the governance and the framework, and it's having a different set of views um, that allows the executive team to take counsel, listen, but ultimately um, to, to run forward. So I think it, 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 it at one level, it's a governance about the company. At another level, it's things like data privacy, right? You know, you think about your reputation, uh, how many big businesses have been in the press because they've had a data hack, right? So actually, I think some things are, um, yeah, you know, um, maybe, But actually, I think cyber is becoming more and more common as an area of threatening everybody business is seeing phishing the whole time. But your reputation is, is is easily lost if you don't actually do things to try and protect yourself around it. So so I think, you know, some of this is actually just regular good business practice, but it still falls under ESG. And I think that's the sort of thing, John, perhaps where when you actually look at yourself in the framework, you go, actually, we are doing a lot of things because you're doing it anyway, because it's actually about running a better business on it right? yeah much so
0: um and, and you're right it, it, it should be natural behavior anyway to, to most business owners and i think even if um even if you're a small business with a, a single you know founder and director um you know addressing yeah so you will have group think because you've, you've only got your own mindset within there um you know taking advice or bouncing bouncing things off others whether whether it be in a formal or informal manner um is always a good thing. There's always room for, you know, everybody to to have a mentor, um, at the very least, to 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 open up to a growth mindset um yeah, there and, key and, key and make it make making business suitable for the future. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: it I think it everything spreads as well. And I think with ourselves, if we as we've started to work with um, sort of more like-minded businesses from an ESG perspective then what we're starting to see is our team are becoming more exposed to the conversation and from that their advice kind of spreads into those clients who may be a bit further and um, less advanced in terms of the education and the journey as well so yeah it's a bit of a spider's web of uh, of of um, sort
2: of leadership I would say sort of trickle- trickling down. Yeah no 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 I think that's a that's an important part of it actually because we. one of the risks within sustainability is what we call the values actions gap so yeah. I think yeah, actually um, almost all organisations have a mission statement and the values of what they stand for um, and when you're very busy you sometimes forget to communicate or do things that feed through and so actually you know, that's where employees look at you, kind of go, hmm, there's hypocrisy there. And it's not hypocrisy in the sense that people are truly hypocritical. They're just very busy. So I think actually that, you know, that S bit around employee engagement and actually talking to people. And as you said, John, the fact that people are seeing these things and cascading through gives you confidence as a leadership team that actually the values you have at the top are actually permeating through the organisation. And I think, you know, in, in an organisation of your size and our size, Actually, you, you can still pretty much get everyone in the room for a town hall. The challenge comes when you get to, you know, 100 to 200 to 500 to 1000 people. And that's where you can start to get some degree of you know, misalignment between what the leadership is wanting to do. And does it feed all the way down? And I think that's where, you know, more more communication effort is important. Because actually, I think it's providing the evidence. So the things that you talk about that actually yeah, a video of you litter picking or whatever it is, right? There's things like that that actually people go, yeah, John does do it, right? It's not just him talking about it on a uh, on the podcast, right? Yeah, so I think yeah, that, yeah, or actually the fact you said it, someone might now look at your house and go, does he do it? But I mean, I think I think the reality is authenticity <laughs> is important, right? You, you have to follow through on what you say, otherwise um, you're undoing a lot of the good that you're doing. and I think that that that's a very important factor, and I think it's. It's key. Really. He, re-
0: he really does do it. Yeah, honestly, that he really does do it. I've, I've seen him. Um, yep. Be right there. So you know, as a business, we, we we have our mission, we have our our values, and we we have uh, we have certain behaviours uh, identified and documented that, that demonstrate those values. And we know that as a leadership team, that, that we have to live that every hour of every day and lead from the top because other people will will read stuff, but at the end of the day, they'll they'll copy our behaviours. Uh, yep. And if we don't behave in the way that
2: resonates with the values, then how can we expect them to? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there was a uh, there was there was a a great anecdote I heard. So I, I was at a drinks party, probably five six months ago, and, and there was an estate agent there, and he he said to me, "Why would I do this sustainability thing?" I said, "Well, there's lots of reasons why, but maybe you want to market yourself as the leading net zero estate agent in London." Um, and actually, you know, if you do that and you make lots of money out of it, you need to make sure that your values are aligned with that. Otherwise, your hypocrisy he said, "Ah, oh, I won't name them, but there was a very big London estate agent where they did exactly that. Uh, and the directors made so much money out of it that they went and bought themselves Porsches and that the whole, yeah you know, everyone laughed at them because they weren't electric, right? But actually, even in that sense, if they paid a decent bonus to their staff as well, then they'd actually have addressed the sort of management remuneration versus staff remuneration. But what they were doing there was they were just taking something that was trendy and hot, making money out of it, and not living the values. And that destroyed. They were the laughing stock of the community because they actually, they they sort of they have done the dangerous thing, which is pick up on the trend and not actually understand what the trend was. And they, they did more damage to business than if they'd actually just carried on running around in their diesel cars. Right? They weren't diesel cars. You know what I mean? It's just it. it it's easy. To sort of pay lip service to something and actually that sort of thing will really backfire in the community and actually you're you're in a in a community your name is the most important thing you have in your reputation so I think it, it it's important to be authentic you, you don't have to be more sustainable than you want to be but be as sustainable as you say you are and I think that's a really important thing
0: yeah which 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 goes for pretty well every aspect of, of business and um, Rupert I'm conscious of kind of the clock's ticking um, yeah. Here we're on a relatively uh, short one. Is there um, one last piece of advice that you can give to to our audience? Don't be constrained by one. By the way, we've had, had yeah, people yeah. can work with two or three I mean, different I, things.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the um, I, I think we're sort of two things that, a bit of advice. You one is know yourselves, right? So, so I think the the most you know the the answer to everything ultimately you know, that that you have to deal with. All you have are the resources within your organisation. So if you don't know what are the resources and the strengths and weaknesses in the organisation, you'll struggle to respond. Life is not a straight line, right? So I, th- I think in, in reality, it's important to spend time looking internally about who the team is, how they come together, and 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 look after them, um, because actually they are the ones you know, who will look after you and help you through th- th- those times. So I think I think that's a really important bit. Um, I think the other thing is enjoy yourself. Right? I, I think you know the the uh, I love what I do, um, and if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like you go to work every day, right? I mean, you you have the sort of privilege of doing these things. It's not to say that days are not without stress, and and yeah, life is what it is. But I think the most important thing is 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 if you can do things that you enjoy, and you and you'll do it better, right? So I think sometimes you end up doing a job you don't enjoy, do it the best you can. But I think you know it it, it can be a a long sentence if you're not enjoying yourself so i think you know where possible that comes back to knowing yourself and not just the team if you know yourself you can put yourself into a place where you can do what you enjoy and be good at it and then i think you know you'll you'll have a you'll have a better life i suppose is that yeah
0: and, and build a team of people who are actually good at the things you're not so good at as well and then you can let them get on with it
2: 100 always always alter yep. delegation yep. Yeah, yeah. I think Surround so. your hire hire people better than you i think that's a really good bit Absolutely. Of yeah yeah I was
1: just gonna say I think every decade's interesting in the next 10 years in terms of esG uh, you know it's it's exciting times I think and uh it's good to be at the at the start of that that journey and um it's been great great chatting with you today
2: so uh thanks for your insights it's been excellent no it's been lovely to to chat to you guys again and uh yeah. as I say you know I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh um you know the 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 spreading the message and, and 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 seeing the the podcast episode because I, I love what you guys are doing so thank you for inviting me. Cheers Rupert, see you soon.